Okay. We're Got podcasting. It. I'm not yeah. going to let us not podcast yeah, this time. Yeah, we're going to podcast this time. <laughs> we're going to talk we about this talk darn about, book. <laughs> we got to talk about jam. 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 Ram jam. Ram, ram, ram It's jam. not even jam. It's jam. I wish it was jam. I wish it was ram jam ram. So Yeah, close. it just sounds so cute. <laughs> it sounds cute. And ram jam is such a cute nickname. Right? I guess he could like shorten his last name. Then he's just ram ram. No. Not as cute as Ram Jam. No, okay, alright. Ram Jam. Hashtag Ram Jam. Yeah. The galaxy is at peace, ruled by the glorious Republic and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. This is the era of the High Republic. Hello, uh, beings and species and humans and uh, various creatures across the galaxy. Uh, this is the High Republic. We've been off fighting Nile and Drengear for the entire summer, but we're back to talk about books that came out a long time ago, uh, as we like to. I'm Supreme Chancellor Danny, and I'm joined with Jedi Master Meg. I think I was grand grand master grandmaster yeah that, yeah, that makes yeah. more sense yeah what is that That's the highest right. title i don't know my jedi it is rankings. the highest title is, for okay. the jedi yeah got it grandmaster meg and we're talking about the race to crash point tower today which was a middle grade uh book that came out in june by daniel jose older tying into the second wave of the high republic releases and uh per our set up this is a very casual conversation between two friends just talking about ram jam so we'll see where we go uh hey meg what'd you think of the race to crash point tower i thought it was really fun um i read a long time ago but i do have some notes so like there there's that um i thought it was really fun i thought it was really like action oriented um for me for me in the high republic in general it can be confusing because I'm not reading the like adult books. Mm -hmm. So like the. Um, the adult one, we know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the, the ones by Kevin ones Scott. With yeah, all the yeah. 7,000 characters in them. Yeah, like I'm not reading those because that's yeah. just too much for me. Um, but I'm really loving like the middle grade and the YA books that come out. And like this one is no different. Um, I think Ram is a great character and a great jedi and uh even though he's he's a baby padawan right yeah yeah he's a baby padawan yeah. um and then i also liked the other characters that they introduced um in this story some of it has a little bit of intrigue because it's like oh you're a force user but you're not a jedi um and then also just like rams friends and compatriots um and of course my best girl Vern is in this book and Vernestra is Vern <laughs> <laughs> um love Vernestra and I'm just I was so happy when she showed up yeah um yeah this I this is definitely uh, like the funniest of the books that have come out mm -hmm. so far which doesn't surprise me like this totally Daniel Jose Older's style like last shot was sort of a pretty funny as far as like adult stars books went too and just yeah um I agree the cast was great I, I think most of these characters he actually pulled from the comics I'm like interested to read the Star Wars Adventures mm -hmm. comic now because um I would like to see more about the story of this these non-force Jedi because there's multiple in this book which is fun um and or non Non-Jedi Force users, I guess, is actually yes, what I, yeah. yeah. A non-Force Jedi would be like a squib. Is that is that a thing? Can you have a non-Force Jedi? That's just like they're just like the custodians, probably, because the yeah. Jedi have anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I it was it was fun. It was quick. I I'm curious to hear because since you haven't read the adult novels, like a test of courage really was like its own sort of separate adventure, like the great disaster sort of started it, but it then did its own thing. Whereas this one was very much interconnected with the rising storm. There's even a scene in this book that actually appears also in the rising storm. Oh, 
And I'm, I'm curious, like, did that affect your experience of the book? Like, could you tell that it was like, it felt more tie in to me, but I knew that because I had read the thing it tied into. Yeah. Like for me, it didn't really feel like a tie in book. Um, I felt like it gave enough information to know what's happening in the, in like the grand scheme of things. Um, obviously like, that's the thing is that I don't know what I'm missing right. because I'm not reading them. And so like, I don't necessarily know if like, oh, do we actually already know this person? Or, you know, is this event something that's gonna show up later or has already shown up in something else? Cause like the timeline also can get like a little fuzzy when you're jumping between all of the books. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I didn't feel like this was an incomplete story at all. Um, and I didn't feel like I was missing what was happening with the Nile and like, the galaxy at large. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think, I think, yeah, I, I was definitely keyed into it because of, um, because I'd read the rising storm. And so I knew, I knew the things that were happening, but the, and like I said, also this, there's this, the adventures comic, which I haven't read. Um, but I, I was like looking on Wikipedia to see like, wait, are these characters from something else? Cause right. like, especially so zine, who's the character we alluded to, who's like this, is like hanging out with the Padawans, but isn't a Jedi because she was too old to join. Right. It's like, that's an interesting story. They kind of just glossed over that story. Oh, I see. She's in every issue of the Adventures comic. <laughs> right. That must be where they like go into the story in more detail. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Surprise. But like, I feel satisfied with the, with like the story that we get in each of the like non like legacy books yeah basically um like i don't feel like it's necessarily missing anything it's just like hey we don't need to overwhelm you with everything that's happening yeah yeah and i, I appreciate these these being more character focused because like i said the the adult ones are just like so many characters and here we have like very small cast of characters. Ram's got his journey. He's learning about how the whole is the whole and the parts of the parts. Lula's got her journey. She's learning about envy and how it's okay to be jealous sometimes. And but also you got to compartmentalize that shit. And you know that's our story. And it's it's sort of just like nice and contained. And right, um, we get to know. And it helps that the characters are so delightful, as we said. So, <laughs> so let's talk about Ram Jam. Ram Jam. Ram Jam um, just wants to be hanging out in his shop, working on his engines. I feel you, Ram. Seriously. So just relatable. Let me. What I love, I think, especially about like the these like YA middle grade books are that like we get we've gotten so many like Padawans um, that aren't the stereotypical jedi that we think of like we're not seeing the chosen ones anymore no no it's like they're not out there hoping for adventure and like hoping for the big thing and like when we do see them we do get to see kind of the flaw in that thinking yeah um and especially for jedi where it's like it's not about you um, it's about the force and right and like that juxtaposition leading into like the prequels and like kind of this like era of Jedi who have really lost the way. Um, and so like Ram is just another one of those good boys who like has force apt like aptitude, but like it doesn't have to present in the same way as it does everybody else. And that's what I really love about like the High Republic in general is that you have so many that everyone is unique. Um, yeah, the idea that like every single um, individual that was kidnapped by the Jedi Order when they were three months old, like is going to grow up and want to be a hero, like on the front line, saving the galaxy. Right. Like, I, you know, like we it's a it's a fictional universe. And so we just kind of like we have our archetypes. Right. And so right. for the purposes of the OG Star Wars, it's like, oh, yeah, OK, that's what the Jedi do. But like when you when you get into it and, ex and expand the universe as we're doing here, like it makes sense. Of course, not all of them grew up wanting to do that. And that's when you get Reith, who just wants to like read his books and you get Ram, who just wants to like play tinker with engines. And it's just like, I understand this. All you living things have so many like feelings and emotions and motivations. <laughs> but like this part, A connects to B, B connects to C, and then the engine goes. It's great. Right. And like with the force, like he feels the as he's putting together these engines and like 
figuring out these parts of a whole like he feels connected to the force and connected to the universe which is like yes that's the whole point of uh, being connected to the force is that you feel it not that you necessarily fight for it it's not just to be a protector of the worlds basically yeah yeah so ram is just ram is so good and i love in the art that ram is a and in the book they do mention that ram is a larger larger boy um doesn't make him less of a jedi doesn't make him less capable um doesn't make him like fight worse right like he doesn't fight very well because he doesn't like fighting (laughs) yeah (laughs) because he likes machines um and like it doesn't make him any less of a hero and like those are obviously archetypes that like we have to fight back against um yeah yeah, you're a huge advocate of body diversity and talk mm-hmm. about it a lot, which I appreciate. And and I feel like you have a stronger grasp on this than I do because you've thought about it a lot more. Like, mm-hmm. like would you consider this like good body yeah. representation because it was sort of just like mentioned, it wasn't a thing? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like the art is consistent. Um, like the official art of mm-hmm. Ram is consistent and um right, like and uh, DJ, the author, like also goes around to sit, like points it out and like is very specific about it, um, which is also like very important. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, Ram, like it's never like Ram's weight or body size or body shape is never seen as like a challenge in anything that he does or like a negative any in anything right. that he does. And like, right. that's, that's the reason he important. struggled with fighting was not anything to do with his body. It's just because he has never fought before because he, he doesn't, doesn't want to. <laughs> right. And like on this planet. Which relatable. Right. And like on this planet, there's not fighting to do usually. Right. right? Like right. It's, it's just a, a pretty low key... chill place. Yep. Until the chancellor decided, oh, we're going to have the Olympics here. Don't have the Olympics there. Yeah. Never, um, never a good plan. Right. But then like, so for him, like then to be that kind of more stereotypical like reluctant hero in this like is great representation because like he's not held back by by his physical form right like he's held back by his own like insecurities by his own like small view of the galaxy and like history um and like he gets to grow just like everybody else we see do and like that's really important yeah yeah, and I liked how his journey was sort of this, basically trying to put together this lesson that his master had said over and over. Uh, right. <laughs> you need to see the whole for the whole and the parts for the parts and understand how they all work together. And and like, I mean, it is middle grade, so it's, you know, it's pretty simple. That's the theme and that's the character journey. But also like it still is something that we as adults certainly need reminders yeah, of. Like how often <laughs> do I lose the forest for the trees or vice versa? Just like. Right, right. Or I'm like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah perspective perspective is always something people need a reminder of yeah yeah um and also in representation uh both him and lula were they're both described as dark skinned the art makes it look like they're black um and and again it's not a thing it's just who they are yeah in fact i don't think there was a single white character in this book because because most everyone else was a a non-human of some kind right they're either non-human or chancellor so is like asian right yeah, maybe. But she also like she's barely she's not in here quite too. Human. Like, yeah, like I don't know. I don't know much about Chancellor So besides like <laughs> she's not important in these books. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're a little removed from the top of the government. It's fine. I yeah. don't need that. Yeah. Um, I get enough politics living in America. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like and and everyone was interesting in this book, which is what I really like. Um yeah. So let's, so we got Ram and then his droid is V-18. V-18. <laughs> Perfect character. There's there's always got to be a droid companion. Every time I'm like, oh, we've seen all the versions of the droid companions. Then they're like, actually, here's a totally new take on the droid companion. This time it's this tired old droid who is constantly being jerry-rigged into some other contraption. And it's just like sick of it. <laughs> I feel it. I feel you, V-18. You're like, this isn't in my job description. And then everyone else is like, oh, well, it, it's covered under the other like tasks as a sign. Right. And it's like <laughs> other duties as a sign. Fuck you. <laughs> like, no, no. 
but now I'm a spaceship for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're reconstructing me into something else again. Just another day being a droid working with Ram Jamaram. Right. But then I also do love that, like, once V18 is like harangued into these things, V18 gets fast and furious. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I am here for that. <laughs> Um, I, I really like towards the end, there's a moment where they're like, okay, we have to reconstruct you again. And this time means we're going to have to remove your voice box. Or no, V18 is like, that means you have to remove it by voice box. And all the characters are just like, blank stare. And V18 yep. is just like, I, I had that yep, one highlighted okay, because it was yep. just so funny. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, well. It's okay. like, it felt like a scene right out of a Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you know? <laughs> right, right. Like, sorry, Jake, that means you have to have like your mouth sewn shut for a week. And everyone's yep. like, yeah, just cut to each of the characters silently, just like. <laughs> okay, yeah. great, yeah. actually. <laughs> we can get so much work done. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Right. And, um, you know, kind of in that, like, Ram's core group, he also had, I can't find the name of them now. Bonbrax. The Bonbrax. <laughs> I love the Bonbrax. They're pretty cute. In my head, I just pictured, like, Momo. Like, yes. just multiple Momos. Yeah. Um, and they kind of, I mean, yeah, they're in the art a little bit. They're they're smaller than Bobo, but yeah, they kind of they have got the giant ears, the ears. and which really is sort of the dif- distinctive feature. Yeah, but they're they're great, and I love how Ram treats them like they're not like servants. They're not like uh, lesser beings. Like mm-hmm. they are his colleagues, um, and like treats them and like talks to them as such and i think that's like really important too yeah they just get it he like doesn't even have to have to say at this point he's like well we need to take care of this problem and they're already like doing all the mechanical things and i feel like that's uh and maybe without even him realizing like that's another like him using the force of sort of having this connection because it was unclear whether these are sentient creatures or not right um but, but he definitely he, seemed he to have a sentient like relationship with mm-hmm. them where he was just like, you're on my level. Yeah, we got this. Right? Go rewire the, the electricity into the thing. And they're like, yep, we're already on it. You got it. Like, um, I loved them. They yeah. were great. <laughs> and they had, they had little personalities too. There was the run yeah. to the litter. There was the rowdy one. <laughs> it was, I really enjoyed them very much. Um, I, I, I would like to have like a, a, a gang of seven little rats that just like follows me around yeah and just like like, like go grocery there? shopping with them i'm like this will take 10 minutes you're on produce you're on meat right. you're on they bread see you at the checkout yeah they just go grab everything you know what i need like, done <laughs> we did it like teamwork makes the dream work for real yeah um, yeah i love i, I love the bomb racks they're yep. great so that was yeah that was our little uh velo crew mm-hmm. um and then we started hooked up with they were doing their own thing at the beginning but we had lula and zine and vernestra um so lula lula is a very jealous young girl precious precious baby yep just reminds me just so much of that pure like 13 year old in like maybe you you're it's like eighth grade so you're on the cusp of like high school and like a great time for all of us a terrible time for everybody (laughs) um and just being like i'm trying to figure out who i am but how can i do that when like i'm a part of something so huge and uh, all you can do is compare yourself to other people like because you don't have like a necessarily like a really firm self sense of self yet and so you're just like okay what about that person what about that person i like this thing about this person am i like that i don't think i have oh my god i'm not like that and just like having non-stop existential crises but yep. not knowing that's what those are <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your ex. What what is it? When you're like a baby, you have to learn object permanence, right? And then when you're like a preteen, you have to learn existential crisis permanence. Like, yeah, you're always you're always gonna look. It at never goes away, else. and that's no. just what it is. No, it's just what it is, and like you have to be able to like, yeah, like envy and jealousy are like natural. They are. Yeah, everyone experiences them. They aren't inherently bad, um, right? It's just that like, how do you then? reconcile those feelings within yourself and between you and your relationships with other people right and 
And this is where reading some of the other books does come like mm. make like a richer experience too, because like knowing Vernestra Rowe as we do, like having been inside her head, both from a test of courage and from Out of the Shadows, which we'll talk about next week. Yep. Um, but we have seen this side of Vernestra where she is super insecure and just like, oh my gosh, I'm this child prodigy. There's so much pressure on me. I have this Padawan who has so many feelings and I don't know what to do about that. Also, I'm not attracted to anyone. Is that a problem? I don't think so. Anyways, moving on from that. Right. We don't um, need to talk about that. <laughs> but then in this book, because we only see her from Lula's perspective, we just right. see like this. If, if this was the only book you read, Vernestra's like the coolest Jedi in the world, like so competent and like just just like became the Prodigy. Jedi Knight at age 16, yeah. just like amazing. And Lula's like, I just want to be like her. And it's just like, I love how it's sort of this lesson of everyone has mm -hmm. their own insecurities and really just depending on where you are, like your perspective, every single person is always riddled with this. And yeah. um, it's a nice reminder. Mm -hmm. and, oh. and Lula just being like, my goal is to be the best Jedi Knight in the world. But actually, Vernestra Rowe, I think, is the best Jedi Knight in the world. So hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not like, her though so right. does that mean i can't be that's 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 the, the only way to do it right oh yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> listen listeners listeners there's no like the concept of best doesn't mean one necessarily so it's there the best there's more than one way to be the best. Yeah, so that's also a... the best is a silly word, anyways. Right, like I don't be you. You're great. Yeah, be whatever version of you that doesn't suck. <laughs> make you feel sad and doesn't make other people feel sad. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. Thanks, Lula. Yeah, and like she, she works. She is working through it and works through it and like does start to see her own value and like i think that's what's important is that like yeah you do have to put the work and the thought in um it's she obviously does on a very abbreviated time scale um of this single battle but like it's important it takes it takes a long time for you to figure out who you are and like yeah. that's okay yeah, well, and, and there's this this really good conversation with her and Vernestra about halfway through where they mm -hmm. where or I think like kind of part of the lesson is that like you can't get rid of those feelings like they're going to happen and it's OK to have those feelings, too. Um, it's not an all or nothing situation. Right. Um, and, and sort of similarly with with being a Jedi and, and using the force, there's uh, there's more to it than just like we're good and we're going to get rid of all the bad. Right. But that's not balance. Oh, right. And um, and I think kind of this important conversation they have, too, is about caring for other people and like that attachment, you know, that that attachment lesson that we all learned wrong yep. from the original trilogy and the prequels. No attachments <laughs> means no friends. Right. Where it's like Vern is like, no, you it's OK if you care about specific people more than just generally right like that doesn't make you a bad jedi and lula's like no i'm gonna be the best jedi knight so therefore i'm gonna care about everyone equally and vernestra's just, just like, like no you no, can't you'll break yourself right like you it's one impossible yeah um but two also not helpful um right that's going to lead you to be paralyzed when you have tough choices to be made right and like vernestra like asks her that like you know, if it's, you know, if you would, uh, um, oh yeah, this this tough question of like, if saving Master Sai or Zine meant that you never see them again, but you have the knowledge they'd be safe, would you still do it? And it's just like, that, as long as you can answer yes to that question, like your attachment isn't something that's detrimental. Yeah. Like, <laughs> The trolley problem with Vernestra Rowe. Yeah. The, <laughs> the Jedi saving problem. It's yeah. Like, you can care about them a lot, but like once you put that above their safety, like that's the issue. Yeah. Right? Your feelings versus theirs. Yeah. And Lilith's like, well, yeah, obviously I would I would do that. And right. Vernestra's like, okay, you're fine. Then you're fine. And Lilith's <laughs> like, but I'm not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, well, I can't relate to that at all. So let's just move on to the next chapter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. sure, 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 sure. Yeah. What is a Star Wars trying to teach me lesson? It's about perfectionism. <laughs> right. Oh, no.
Mm. Mm. Um, so yeah, zine. We talked zine. about zine a little bit. Zine yeah. is very interesting. I was, I was, yeah, I was very intrigued. I kind of want to pick up the comics now because of her. Like, I'm really yeah. curious to learn more about her story. Kind of came from this world that is just like anti Jedi to begin with. Right. Which is probably why she never got picked up because the Jedi probably just don't go there because they're like, well, nah. the elders hate us. We're just not worth the time. <laughs> we'll just keep going to all of these dumb human planets. But guess what? Know. The Force don't care about your politics. They do not. The Force is like Zine. I choose you. Yeah, like Zine's weird cult that like she grew up in is. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? We, we got another cult, Meg. <laughs> I love cults. There are so many good cults in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was where I was a little disappointed because we had this like B story happening. Right. And they're like just about to go into the cult proper. And then they get the phone call from Ram who's like, hey, we need you over in the other half of the gotta, plot. Gotta and go. so they're like, well, I guess we can't do the rest of this story. We gotta go do that story. So bye. I'm like, wait, but what about the cult? Yeah, now I'm like, do we find out about the cult in the comics? Yeah, we're going to go back to the cult? Because I will get the comics then <laughs> if I can learn more about this weird orphanage cult. <laughs> you heard it here first, comic creators. If you want Meg to read your comic, make it about a cult. Make it about a cult. Um, always always have that weird cult <laughs> shit. Always down for it. Um, but like, she's just great. I thought Zine was just great. Yeah. We didn't really see inside her head at all, but she did no. kind of feel like sort of the the chill alternative to Lula's like constantly existential crisis thing. Zine was just like, nah, I have the force. Right. I'll, hang out. I'll hang out with y'all, I guess. Right. Like, all is as the force wills it. Right. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I kind of feel like she is going to be a Chirrut in her own way. Yeah. Which, because Chirrut's another example of someone who obviously had some touch of the force, but was not part of the Jedi right the jedi program and here's <laughs> here's a positive thing about cults <laughs> is that you know who you are like you are brought up with your very strong sense of identity from the group mm -hmm. right and so like zine doesn't have to worry about like am i doing this right like is this you know x y and z do i need to improve zine's like i'm all good I know my place in like the universe and I know my place like in the force. Yeah. We're down. And I'm like, man, I wish I could be chills easy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And also have the force. Win-win. Right. Great. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and then we contrast that with Ty Yorick, who is also a force user, who was a part of the Jedi. Love Ty Yorick. That's <laughs> a lot of anger, we could say. And again, we sort of just get a brief glimpse of her in this one. She's a much bigger player in The Rising Storm. But but even still, like, I thought it was good to contrast sort of these two experiences of non-Jedi Force users uh, who just experience and utilize it in such very different ways. Right. Mostly just based off, I imagine, their personalities. Right, right. Yeah, like that, the, the fire of Ty just seems like that's just who they are as a person, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like we don't know what happened with the Jedi, but I kind of feel like it was probably just a personality conflict to some degree, uh, which again is an issue with the Jedi Order. Right. Right. They're yeah. Like, you're, it, you're too emotional to be here. Right. And she's like, like, I know I'm too emotional. That's my whole thing. Right. Or just like probably the constant, like you can't be angry, blah, blah, blah. And like that kind of stuff. Where it's like there are legitimate things to be mad about. Yeah. Though. For example, you telling me that I can't be mad. That makes me mad. That makes me mad. And I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah, so it's just kind of like, because again, the Jedi as powerful and like well-established as they are in this like Republic aren't, they can't fix every problem. And like the anger that you see in like other books that people have at the Jedi that like, they haven't solved the Nile problem that they leave people like out on the rim without protection. Like all of these things like is legitimate is that how can they act so high and mighty? Um, and like they are peacekeepers and all of these things when there are people in areas that they ignore. Mm -hmm. um, and like 
that is legitimate to be pissed about. <laughs> right. And it's like, sometimes you have to go your own way. And we get a little bit of that, like thought process, I think from a previous book we read from um, Into the Dark. Yeah. Right. With um, the Jedi who's going to go out on her, on her own um, of being like, am I really supposed to be part of the Jedi order? Like, I don't, I don't know. And like, just because you're powerful in the force doesn't mean you have to be part of this one specific group. Yeah. But what was interesting there is that that Jedi, she was still part of the Jedi order, like, right. Cause it was the way seekers. Right. And so, um, even, even that wasn't an option for, for Ty, who, right. who is like, found, like it's, it's not. not just that she doesn't want to be a Jedi Knight. She's just like, fa- there's like a foundational ideological difference mm-hmm. here. Which is legitimate. Yeah, good for her. Because that is also a cult that she got herself out of. Right. uh, You don't got to be part of this cult. Yeah, truly. Even if they kidnap you as a baby, you can leave. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. So so she was sort of part of the the prison sequence. uh, Yes. In which uh, Daniel Jose Older very loudly said, a cab. Yeah, um, and I think that mostly break. by naming the captain of the security force Idrax Snat was a big part of that, <laughs> and then obviously making him a bumbling and competent fool, which was again one of the more Perfect. comedic parts of the book was Ram like trying to do mind tricks, not being very good at it, and it resulting in just this very confused so security confused. force person. <laughs> like if you were Vernestra and Lula and you got that phone call, like how would you respond to that? <laughs> I don't know if I'd go to rescue though. I'd be like, this, I'm being punked right now. Is this a prank? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, is this what they, like, if I was Vernestra, especially who like spends a lot of time in like the inner core of planets and stuff like that, I'd be mm-hmm. like, is this what Padawans do for fun out here? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing else to do, I do, guess. Do prank phone calls. <laughs> like, what's happening? This isn't funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think the fact that the fair was happening there on that yeah. day was probably the, the only reason that they're like, oh, wait, this could actually be legit. We probably need to check this out. We should probably check. Like the all the most important people in the entire galaxy are on this planet right now. So right. like I I did especially like that moment of Ram like trying to sneak into the fair. But like he's just in his already usually dirty like jedi coveralls because he spends all day working on machines and engines yeah and then also has just like gone in kind of a weird battle and is just sneaking around and like no one believes he's he's like they're like all the jedi are here though like right you yeah yeah he's in his (laughs) overalls with grease stains and he's got like blaster burn marks and (laughs) i'm chill i just need to talk to the the chancellor right i just need to talk to the person in charge of everything it's fine and all the other jedi i'm totally trustworthy like and i drag snat is like yeah no (laughs) i'm gonna put you in prison i am jam like I don't think it would have worked, but like, also that's not an arrestable offense. Yeah, no, yeah, bo- both parties are at fault here. <laughs> right, this is just, not a lot of thinking was involved in this situation. Yeah, basically. How many how many Star Wars plots could be boiled down to that though? <laughs> True. And how many Star Wars problems can be boiled down to the solution of use the force? Right. So many. <laughs> yeah. Use the force, Ram Jam. Ah, oh, Jam. Uh, we got to see uh, the the zoo that was a part of the Republic Fair, um, and we got yeah. to see some pretty awesome creatures. And naturally, the moment that they're like, there are a bunch of very scary creatures in cages, I was like, okay, they'll be out of their cages in about 50% of this book. Yep. <laughs> um, but let's see, we had the Bar Bar Barbs, which we didn't hear much about them, except they were chirping to each other at night, which is really adorable. Um, we had the Cree Snorts. <laughs> Which are a flying creature of some sort. Of course. Uh, we had the Sandval, which were giant winged reptiles that they uh, that Ty like basically freed so that they could right. fly on them. Great. And then, of course, the big scary Hrag Scythe, which I need to know everything about the Hrag Scythe. Hrag Scythe. Um, oh, there was a Mudhorn, too. There was a Mudhorn. I was about to add that there yeah. was a Mudhorn. I was like, great continuity. <laughs> yep. Love it. Love it. Was there an egg, though? We don't know. Hopefully not. Hopefully they left their eggs there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the art of the Hragscythe, uh, just beautiful. I uh, love that creature. 
It is. It is a creature that looks like its name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, it's got... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to describe this for our listening audience here. So we got three heads, right? Yep. And like six feet long claws with a very, a very prominent dew claw on each one, which I like the, the touch of that. But the thing that's like most interesting is that there's like 10 tongues coming out of each mouth, but the mouth is like star shaped when it opens. Yeah. It's kind of, um, uh, what's the, what's the doodad from Stranger Things? The uh, Demogorgon? Uh, Demogorgon. Thank you. Yeah. It's kind of like three I Demogorgons. I haven't even watched Stranger Things. I yeah. just know my monsters. <laughs> Listen, we love a star-shaped mouth. <laughs> like it's a great because it's weird yep. and it always freaks people out. Like yep. mouth shouldn't look like that. Truly, yeah. 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 It it is truly an animal that sounds like its name. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the I mean, I love the description of the Republic Fair. We didn't see much. We we knew yeah. about the zoo. And then they mentioned, and there's a little more about this in Rising Storm, but not a ton, but just like I love this idea of they had all these different like little floating islands representing all the different worlds that were present. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like Epcot on steroids. Right. I'm here for it. Like I want it, I would go visit that. That sounds right. so like, cool. Like very world's fair, like. This is where the first waffle cone was made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This floating island has a space needle. <laughs> and I also like imagining like the planets that we know, like what would the Tatooine little floating island be? It's just dropping sand on everybody. As it <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, we didn't invite Tatooine here. Why? <laughs> Why? You took Why our mud horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could take stuff from our planet, but we don't get to be invited to the celebration. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Nah. We're coming. Yeah. <laughs> coming. It's just like three moisture farmers and a group of sand people. Like... Yeah. And like a, a like a really tiny, like a float-sized like sand crawler with Jawas like hanging out the side, waving, like just wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I'd I'd be into it <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, and then we absolutely, of course, have to talk about the Dren gear in this book. Yes! <laughs> this The book... evolution from how we saw them in Claudia Gray's book to this one was just... <gasps> this book fed me for the Dren gear. <laughs> oh my god. And the um, Dren gear sure wanted to be fed. They absolutely... I... It was so tough to read, like, those parts of the book because it's just the gre- the Dren... The dread gear i'm you got it it's so hard to say um that being like this meat is talkative like talkative meat is often quite chewy i find like <laughs> so correct so- me if i'm wrong in in the in uh into the darkness when we first met the dread gear they only ever said the word meat right yeah okay so in like in the in the last year they've well, basically the, gone to school yeah the drink the dread gear on the station only said meat and then when they went to um i mean spoiler alerts for into the dark i guess um (laughs) when they went to where like the tube went the Mm -hmm. transport tube like they they didn't it didn't it was unclear whether they were speaking out loud or if it was like telepathic so i don't know but like it it felt like a startling contrast to me yeah it did (laughs) and maybe it's just that like those dread gear from the the other world their origin planet have like now infiltrated the the rest of the galaxy like this is all also in the comics i think so i'm curious to read read right. more trend here in the comics but yeah um yeah just like they're talking in complete sentences and, and have developed a sense of humor <laughs> it's so, not mad about it i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i highlighted all these parts yeah, yeah. so i'm just gonna read them um so the the talkative meat is often quite chewy i find another noted has fancy light sword mm? said a third ah i'm not was- sure if there's a dread gear or yoda <laughs> Maybe Yoda's a drain gear. Um, <laughs> ah, oh my those gosh, what a twist. Are especially testy, but also succulent, I have heard. A collective mmm rose. <laughs> <laughs> my kingdom to be in the proximity of a group of den gear when a collective mmm rises up. Mm. <laughs> it has to, it probably like vibrates in your chest. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Every time they speak, it vibrates in your chest. But when they all like, so when they all go mm, collectively rising up, like you feel that. Yeah. And like, I just, I highlight all of this, but just like 
Wow, meets with an audacious and ferocious desire to remain uneaten, a Drengear muse. Yeah, like they did it not have that vocabulary in the last book. This- no, this, these are like five. <laughs> like, like PhD Drengear here. Right, like what is this? And aye, feisty meats, meats and meats. And it's just like. I do love that they still like meat is still the number one word. Like they they still right. have their primary objective. And I like that they have they have like seen like now beings as individual meats. <laughs> like oh, this is a this is one fight. This is one of the sword meats. Let's feisty uh, and like just. And I also like that the the kind of trick that they use to kind of get the Drengear on their side was that like the Nile lied to you. Like the Nile aren't your friend. They're killing all of your meat. They're roasting all of your meat. And right. we know you you were promised live meat. But it's like- It's gonna be gone real soon. Right, and like they lied to you. And like, apparently that's the greatest hint to the Drengear is that like they lied to us. Yeah. Well, I think probably no one before tried reasoning with the Drengear. No. <laughs> when you meet would? a bunch of sentient plants just yelling meat at you constantly, like your first thought isn't, hmm, I'll use logic to explain to them Wreath. why they should join our side. <laughs> Wreath absolutely did not use logic. Which They're is like, funny because- set them on fire? That is, that's usually Wreath's approach. <laughs> the Wreath's journey of that book was to become more impulsive and less logical. <laughs> and we'll it, set them on the fire. irony is that if he had just talked to them, they'd all be like having a tea party together at this right. point. It's like, yeah, hey, the Nile are killing all of your meats. And it's like, what the fuck? I guess we'll go eat them instead. And it's like, enemy of my enemy, I yep. guess. They look tasty <laughs> to me. Still tasty, still meat. And this is why I so appreciate DJO, because like, it's just the, the, the villains of your story don't always have to just be these serious, scary characters, right? right? Like, these were funny, but they were also scary. Right. Um. And I just, I really think we need more of that lighthearted silliness in Star right. Wars. Right. And that, like, the solution to dealing with a problem, even when you're an adventurer, even when you're a Jedi, isn't necessarily always Light fighting up. and violence, yeah. right? Like, okay, you know what? We're going to talk this out because I see we are totally outnumbered. Why are you doing this? <laughs> and look, you had a solution. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, top-notch Dren Gear content. Absolutely. For sure. That was all of the rest of my notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a couple other quick notes. Uh, Master Sai uses they them pronouns. Yep. And we only got a very brief description of them, but I hope to see more from Master Sai. Love Master Sai. Uh, and then Master Yoda. Still MIA. Where you at, Yoda? What's going on? <laughs> Yoda's like probably on like a beach vacay, just fucking around and just letting the, this get happen to the galaxy. I'm just blaming all of the problems on Yoda everywhere. Yeah. Because. Truly, I mean, he's powerful enough. This all wouldn't be happening if he was here, right? Theoretically. And a little bit of a hint at the next High Republic Republic discussion we're going to have. Someone who is a much better Jedi is back at course oh my god what if they switch it because that was legends what if they switch it and yoda becomes the one down under and the reason he's gone is because he's been in a pit for the last like 200 years i don't appreciate that i'd be so mad i'd be mad you cannot take that away from yaddle no that's yaddles that is yaddle is the one below yeah. well, below <laughs> not down under what am i that's australian i just want to make her australian <laughs> she did not go she could be australian but like we never hear her talk yeah. Um. Vocal, like we don't hear the accent, um, when we read the book, but maybe in the audiobook. Yeah. Someone let us know before yeah. we record about Out of the Darkness next week if hey. Yaddle has an Australian accent in yeah, the audiobook. Yeah. Did Justina Ireland? <laughs> did you write? There was no mention of shrimp on the Barbie, so I feel like it's true. It's probably true. not. But anyway, that's next week. That's next yep. time. Yep. 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 Um, okay, so to wrap up then, Meg, I have a question for you. Sure. If you were in the Jedi Order, mm-hmm. and like Ram, you had discovered that being a Jedi Knight on the front lines fighting wasn't really your thing, mm. 
what do you think you would want to be using the force? What would be your way of connecting with the force? What do you think would be the thing that you would be using it for to, to like be your best self? I feel like I would first try to be kind of in like the more like diplomatic core like section of the Jedi um, because like I as an individual like am pretty good at talking to people and like figuring out tough situations between people and like establishing relationships and like trying to get everybody on the same page while still understanding like fundamental differences that like exist. Yeah. Um, but I also know that I would probably get burned out of that really quick, just with the frustration of like other people not knowing, like not accepting those things. Um, and so I think at that point, and maybe this is just because I have in the past month discovered Stardew Valley. Um, I feel like I would be working with um, like pioneers or like settlers on that are abandoned, like no other like sentient life form planets, um, no colonization. Um, and just like helping people establish a like, simple way of life or whatever way of life that they choose to live um or like relocating um populations that like either because of war or because of natural disaster like can no longer be on their home planet um and like doing that kind of like more low level um and like less recognition right like humanitarian work so you would start a star wars nonprofit, is what you're saying yeah <laughs> yikes yeah I yeah. Would. listen i i don't want to start a star wars like anime convention so <laughs> yeah fair no i think it's a very honorable and honest and not at all surprising uh answer to yeah. that question yeah i think that's what i would do yeah i was kind of thinking about like like what i do like yeah communication and like journalism and like, I feel like you could use the force to sort of like suss out the truth when yeah. you're like, uh, in, like interviewing people or sort of like looking into a story. So like sort of using that to, to sort of increase the integrity of sort of whatever news source that I'm working for. Right. Um, or maybe the, the Jedi journals have the Jedi have some sort of like, yeah, like I can definitely cast like see you being like kind of like the investigative journalist like jedi ray where it's yeah. like you know you meditate and like the force tells you to like go to this place and you're like i gotta find out why this like oh yeah even using it to find the stories in the first yeah, place yeah i'm just being like we gotta go like i know something's here and then like yeah like really communing with the force to be able to like see through people's deceptions oh my or... god I'd, I'd make the most boring true crime podcast episodes ever <laughs> it'd be like five minutes each because it'd just be like yeah this person was lying here's what happened <laughs> you're welcome yeah yeah listen you're solving cases though you're like you're covering truths and that's the important part yep i love that that's great <laughs> cool all right well thanks for chatting about the race to crash point tower today of course um I think we also, both are. We're both maybe, recommending this one. Yeah. Also, maybe don't name your tower crash point. Like <laughs> that seems kind of like yeah. What are you doing there? There, like, don't crash at that point. It's a tower. It's our communications tower. Maybe it was ironic. Maybe they were going for like no one ever crashes here. Therefore, okay. Don't. But don't yeah, you're right. You're it. asking for it at that point. Yeah, like that's on you. <laughs> But yeah, absolutely would recommend, like, I think even for older readers, like it's a, it's really fun. It's quick. Um, it has a lot of value. Uh, and like, it's a, it's a good part of like what's happening overall in, in the high Republic. Yep. Yeah. I'll say again, just like if you, if the adult novels are just like too much for you, which fair, there are so many characters in those, um, having these more tighter character focused stories are really really nice way to still be able to play in this era, which is uh, continuing to be a lot of fun and 
seems one of the most lucrative things Lucasfilm has done in a while. So like it's it's working for them. I think yeah. we're going to be seeing higher public for a while. <laughs> Which for me, uh, I hate like I hate to admit that because I was so mad about the whole Project Luminous thing yeah. in general. Truly, but like higher public serving like <laughs> it is and getting to see uh justina ireland daniel jose older get some yeah. of these uh underrepresented authors you know yep. get a chance to really shine has been awesome so right yeah and like the the inclusion and like diversity of characters in many different ways has been like really great in these yep. stories like star wars books continue to be the place where we both get creators and characters who are more reflective of like the actual audience. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that our uh, little Rogue Pattern podcast is tied to the publishing side of things because yeah. I think they're probably doing it best out anyone over at Lucasfilm right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not nervous about saying that. Like, <laughs> get on it. I'm really excited for Star Wars Visions. But besides that, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we'll be talking about Star Wars Visions, but first we've got a couple more High Republic episodes coming out next week uh, for the other two books from this wave. Yep. And then, I don't know, I would well, maybe find someone to talk about the audio drama, the comics. There's Again, there's so much, so we'll kind of see there's see where the, the wind blows um, slash Danny's free time <laughs> <laughs> allows. But uh, until then, thanks for listening. And, oh, I guess all the things, Rogue Padron on Twitter, uh, you know, you yeah. know. Oh, answer that force question. That we don't really do listener questions for this, but I'd be curious. Like, what, what's yeah. your? How would you use the force, like, as a non-warrior uh, in the Jedi Order? Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Twitter at Rogue Padron. Um, we do have an email theoretically. Rogue Padron at Gmail. Just tweet at us. Just tweet at us. Yeah. Just tweet at us. You, you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> we'll see it if you tweet it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And oh. thanks for listening. Until then, we are all the Republic. Nice. And meat. <laughs> nice meat. Nice meat. Mmm. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. That, yeah. that, that, I felt that all the way over here in Milwaukee. <laughs> great, great. Ooh, shivers. I'm just really channeling the drag gear. <laughs> <laughs>